Damo, I read an article this week that said it was tipped many decades ago by a famous economist that we should, by rights, by this stage of history, be working a 15-hour working week Yeah, because of technology. 15. I don't know whether it was like Milton Keynes or yeah. I forget the name. One of those big, those heavy hitters, you know. Sounds good. Well, when you approach the pits of winter, you get the winter blues. Yeah. The depth. The depths, the pits. And not only that, to exacerbate matters, um, you have a very uncharacteristic loss that you're just you're not used to dealing with. Yeah. That's when you really need to take a load off, in my opinion. I know that we weren't uh, broadcasting um, from Pi Hard Central last week, so listeners might think that we've taken a load off. Mm. But things have got grim suddenly. As the cold snap approaches, all I can say is we might need to outsource some of our labour. Okay. So I've done something a bit unusual this week for the icebreaker, Damien. Yeah. One of the um, the silver linings I'll quickly mention of the grimness of the situation heading into winter and dealing with a loss to the um, cheese borders yep. is that, as we know, as Collingwood supporters, as any supporters really, it takes a loss for WhatsApp groups really to spring to life. To warm up. It really warms, it really warms you up and suddenly – you know, they were kind of barren because all you could do was compliment the team mm. for the last eight weeks. Yeah, it's just a loving, love and, fest. And then you get that um, obligatory ins and outs conversation. Yeah, for sure. Someone just, someone just starts it. They're like, as soon as the siren goes and you lose, yeah, ins and outs. Yeah. Emphasis on outs. <laughs> I love this. I love the, in the, you know, the, the banter, I guess, in the lead up to this game. You know, centered around it, really centered around McStay. Mm. And the conversation was, you know, I can't see how McStay fits into this team. Post loss, yeah, he's the savior. He's, he's now one of the first picked. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the, oh, he's the answer. We're really missing McStay all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you can feel the, the, the temperature ju- does, you know, ramp up, but the, it does change. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was an overreaction, but, yeah, WhatsApps across the country, just a pivot, yeah, a slight, a slight shift. And we're not immune to that, Damien. Our WhatsApp, just a little, little peek behind the curtain for the hardest out there. Our WhatsApp is called the Rupert Pathera Society. And you'll notice that on um, Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, PyHard is brought to you by RBS. So that's the, uh, that's Rupert Pathera Society, um, the parent company, if you will. And um, the RBS WhatsApp group just popped off. There's four, mm. four men in the group. And look, in a bid to try and achieve that elusive 15-hour working week, I thought that we could outsource this week's icebreaker, which generally goes, generally goes for what, four or five minutes, to AI. Yep. And that's exactly what I've done. So if you'd like to um, stick around okay. and listen to said WhatsApp group pop into life. Oh, Jesus, what were we talking about? Are we... Are we, are we, I didn't know this was happening. What should I do? Should we, are we going to listen to it now? Let's have a listen. Okay, let's go. This is the RBS brought to you by AI. No reason we shouldn't pump these fools today. Ginevan out, McKinnon's in. Perennial rumors in the MCC about sickness sweeping through the pies. Mostly Demons fans here, but... I've heard that too, but I've also heard that most weeks. Oh, hang on. McRae just said on Fox that they've had a few sick. They'll be right. I get the feeling McCray has built them to use that sort of stuff, Cygnus excuse, as fuel to be better. 
There's a no bullshit for losing policy at the pies, it seems. That ice slide thing is Vomit City. Nick Fanning has never watched a game of AFL footy. Ha ha ha. Every time they come up looking cold, my dad has a good chuckle. How many times has he been asked about the shark attack? They've run out of celebs. Time for a shake-up. Getting in an ice bath is literally the hottest health trend right now. Uncle Tony is bottom of the barrel stuff if we're being honest. I, I take it back. Against all odds, Uncle Tony delivers best costume. We look low on energy in the warm-up. There's a Collingwood number 36 here who I think is a supporter who has snuck onto the ground. Quarter time. Mitchell, Josh and Chris have been good. The Antricote Thruppler is a simpleton. Grundy meh. Haha. Pies about to cryogenically freeze themselves for the second and third quarters only to defrost in the fourth. Last quarter. Blockbuster fatigue. Final siren. Positive loss in my opinion. Didn't deserve to snatch that, eh? We looked ready for Port Douglas. And still almost won. We were pretty bad and we lose by four points. Put Digoe, Elliot, McStane and no flu. Flurry at Piker. Good loss. That game goes five more minutes and we win. If that's our worst then we are going pretty well. In, McStay, Elliot, Krieger. Out, Harrison, Markov, Reef or Johnson. Following few weeks. In, Howe, Sidebottom, Digoe. Out, Frampton, Murphy, Adams. Frampton probably out for McStay after break actually. Krieger apparently killed it in the VFL. Anyone watch? Adams and Murphy play for me. I read somewhere Adams is one of the top score assists in the team. Murphy is undroppable. Agree. Johnson so much potential, but can he perform week in week out? Kruger needs a month of killing it to get it. McStay will need to show a lot, but will be given every opportunity to prove himself. Elliot in form will make a big difference because he plays as a taller marking forward. Elliot was pretty banged up, I just think they are giving him a break. Seem to be getting head knocks every week. I agree and disagree. He was soundly beaten by Fritz yesterday, a few more of them, and an impending Howe and Sayonara, at least for a period. I thought more was on Fritz more than Murphy. Nah, perhaps this is modern football. But Murphy was soundly beaten one-on-one -on -one at least five to eight times in my view. Agree on Elliot. He shouldn't have played IMO, that Corky had him practically grounded and hobbling until he was subbed out. They'd be ruining that ATM. They outplayed us structurally. It will be called a template in the media. Yep. Five days of talk show smack. But as you said earlier, a firing Elliot changes our chances up forward. We had the lowest pressure and tackling count in our forward 50 in over 14 months. Elliot's value to the forward line is as much as marking slash goal prowess as it is his inferred pressure and closing space capacity. A lot of those aspects can't be measured statistically. Also, a one-legged McCreary didn't help, a Rick Johnson, and a greenish kid in Reef, and a very green Harrison. We're all thinking hoping it was the lowest ebb of our season. We also lacked oomph in the midfield without a Degoe, and Lipinski will take four weeks to get up to full speed you'd assume. Sidebottom is irreplaceable, and in general a team that has been bashed up the week before on the road, and in need of a break. Pies smash the competition come finals time. Biggest romping in finals and grand final history ensuing. I'll put thousands up on that. Elliot seemed completely fed up after the North Melbourne game. To the point that he left straight out of the rooms after about 20 minutes. Looked pissed off actually. TBH I don't think McStay has had barely much at all of a decent run at it yet. First four games he covered for Howe in defense, then switched back to cover others through the ruck, Cameron in round three, I think it was, and then forward for one week, and then back again. If he gets games in one position, center half forward hopefully, I think he helps us massively. True. But we're asking more from McStay than he showed, or was allowed to show at Brisbane, so for me he's a genuine unknown. Yep. And his capacity to cover three areas of play, back, ruck, forward, gives us the flexibility to be more daring with selection and player position, as well as making the sub more attacking slash wildcard. Genevan slash Harrison slash Bianco slash Carmichael are all dangerous as substitutes. Even Johnson slash McInnes. Whereas Markov selection slash subselection is basically as an insurance cover player at the moment. McRae needs to change his tune on not managing players. And what was with showing the Grundy photo before the game? Have we become too wholesome? That's a good point. Yeah, that obsession with not taking the stairs, state of mind only, etc. Surely it works up to a point and then it's counterintuitive? 
Like if you get such a bad ankle sprain and such a bad corky that you're on crutches, is it really better to play or not to play? I really like that ethos and mentality of no shortcuts because it creates an infectious psychological attitude. But it's not always appropriate sure. So easy to be the nice guy when you're 11 and 1. I'm calling for a losing streak. Imagine if Michael Voss tried to get a mum in for the pre-match address. He tried. No mum wanted in on it. Too embarrassed. Carlton. Something we can all agree to laugh about. Ha 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 Carlton. Jesus Carlton. Fuck Carlton ha ha ha. Yeah fuckity fuck fucking Carlton. Carl Carlton ha 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 and this is G-rated compared to what Carlton people are saying. LOL. On the other hand, how fucking annoying a Melbourne, that shell of a club. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable with myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. All right. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, do we need to do an episode after that? I think we're done. Think we might have been unseated by um, Davis, who was the persona of the American, yeah. black, the black American voice. His name is Davis. I'll dream about that. I'll dream about that tonight. That is that is frightening. That is frightening shit. And a lot of stuff taken out of context, obviously, and a lot, um, some insights, <laughs> some absolute bullshit. I've got to apologise to the other guys for not getting anyone's permission to to put that on the internet, to broadcast that. And I, I will say that I may have added some colour with the Carlton comments at the very end. <laughs> Just at the very end, that might have been fabricated a bit. Lots of bullshit. There was actually more football talk, but more football talk than I thought that we did on the group, which was kind of heartening in a way because we don't do it much on the pod. Yeah, no. I also think we don't do a lot when we're at the game. Yeah, I don't. We kind of jumped from like pre-match warm-up and then suddenly it was basically the game was over because you're busy watching the game, obviously. Yeah. There was a lot of confidence early. So, yeah, well, the opening, yeah. the opening gambit, um, I don't want to give it too much away, but the opening line was actually from you in the group yeah, and okay. said, no reason we shouldn't like wipe the floor <laughs> with these fools or something. Yeah, I think, there was a, I think as we'll touch on in this episode, there's probably a few reasons. But, yeah, yeah no, I think that's... Um, I had the exact opposite like vibe before the game, actually. It was... Um, I mean, I, I was the one who said we looked low in energy in the warm-up. I, I had pretty bad vibes, actually, um, going into the All game. Right. But we did look tired, let's be honest. Well, let's go into it. And I'll kick things off All right. with my hard yes 
she's tough to follow that one, but um, <clears throat> leads onto what you were saying, Alex, and it was a fine loss, and that's my hard yes. A good loss, as you so eloquently put it, or Davis so eloquently put it, the players do look ready for some Port Douglas sun, and it's a long ass season. I think we we've, we've been sort of riding this wave for a while now. Yeah. Last few efforts have been, you know, haven't been the 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 Collingwood we've seen. And there's reasons for that. I think I'll touch on it in my hard no, but, you know, injuries, form, mm. illness, mm. Um, just the repetition, you know, lots of Sunday games does sort of get the sense of a refresher is needed. And I love the fact, we're not going to go into it, but I love the fact now that players, you know, 20 minutes after the game are on a, an A380 at Tullamarine. Right. About yeah. to jet off to the equator or Vanuatu or... They don't Bora waste Bora, a minute, do they? Somewhere around the Pacific Rim. And I believe that that's, that's a turning point in, in AFL. I don't think they used to do that. Well, they never used to have a mid-season buy, did they? No. Well, yeah, they had buys. Like growing up, there was a buy. Mm. But... I think, but like, they didn't. Players didn't go. Players didn't head overseas. No, it'd be mid, like a mid-season. Tri- it'd be a trip to like the Riviera of Mildura. Yeah, Ilden, Lake Ilden, Lake um, Ilden. Yeah, houseboat. But why? Why it was a fine loss is because you you can already kind of sense the media. You know, outside of the Collingwood bubble, just the media sort of shift a little bit. Right. So you know, lots of stories about calling. You know, Melbourne's you know, system breaking down Collingwood, mm. um, you know, Collingwood coming back into the pack, not being this this team that everyone's sort of, you know, thought were just miles in front. And it's great. It's a great, it's a great thing to happen for a team because I don't think you ever really want to be, mm. you know, considered, you know, the yeah, most yeah. wanted in terms of play. And it's this thing I talk about. It's like I talk about like Collingwood Viagra and it's like how, Every team, like regardless of where they sit on the ladder, will always get up for Collingwood yeah, like when they totally. play Collingwood. That's the whole blockbuster and fatigue. Blockbuster fatigue. We saw it against West Coast. And, and it's just it's, it's a bit tiring. And mm. I guess players must hate it. Like, and I wouldn't say that there's any easy games in football, but, you know, everything is a big event when Collingwood comes to town. And, yeah, I just think, I think it's good. I think it's a nice, you know, I, I left that game. I wasn't bummed at all. See, I was bummed, but it... it I don't know In how you could be bummed. It feels like a relief, doesn't it? Because I don't know how you could be bummed after that. Like we played like absolute shit. We well, it was just a, it was just a never bet. looked never looked like you know save the first kind of five or ten minutes. Never looked like running over the top of Melbourne. Melbourne played well. We were kicking down. It was it was a frustrating game to watch. Yeah, but- it was bummed. I was bummed because of the frustration of watching the game. But I agree that in hindsight, when you kind of collect your thoughts, we knew there would be a dip, right? Mm. It's just inhuman for any team to go through a season without a dip, and we've we've mentioned before that potentially we've had a couple of dips have which have been masquerading as great victories because of our ability to come from behind, like the Crows game, which probably was a bit of a dip, but we managed to get the job done anyway. Whereas this one felt like the real dip that was coming, and and you just rather it happen this time yeah. of year. This perfect timing. You just don't want it. Even if it ends up as a prolonged dip, and one of the AI guys' characters um, 
said, I, I'm calling for a losing streak at one stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if it does turn into something like that. Yeah. Where we have like a prolonged dip where we're, we're a bit average for a few weeks and like yeah. we're, you know, we're still going to be in, in amongst the top four, um, you would suspect. And it's kind of the dip we need to have. Yeah, I think I think it's I think I think you know there's an argument that players can get quite comfortable and and coaches kind of get get comfortable and losses or being exposed or not playing the way you want to play forces you know I mean all of a sudden those videos that they watch you know during training mm. when they review what went right and what went wrong gives you plenty to work on and improve yeah and I think there's a lot of self improvement at Collingwood but I think you know there's there's a performance related improvement that comes from not executing or not playing well mm. um and yeah I, th- I think it's i think it's all, all good of it it's just such a long season isn't it like we're we're what halfway halfway there it's cold it's wintry it's wet mm. um it's not a bad time to to drop a few or to um not, know, not a scrape few through. but yeah to go through a little lean patch and also to give the opposition a bit of false hope I mean, exactly I kind of right. laugh at the Melbourne. The Melbourne supporters think that's like they'd be really proud of that win. But that's another reason why it's such a fine loss, right? Because if you're a Melbourne supporter right now, you're thinking you've cracked the code. Yeah, right. right? You've, yeah. you've 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 broken the you've broken the spell. You've got the elixir. Um, but that's 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 drinking the Kool Aid. Oh, it's and a false representation. It's a complete false. And and you know, like we dive into it now and. You know, lo and behold, half the team's sick. Mm. We're missing four or five. You know, remember at the start of the year, you literally when you were looking at like best twenty two and stuff, you there was the competition was so hard. Like we went into yesterday's game with well, when was it? Monday. What are we talking about? Yeah. Wednesday. Um, you know, with three or four spots where you're like, Okay, cool. Mm. This person's playing. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like I said, about as good a loss as I've ever encountered. Um, Time will tell. Football club, and the fact that we almost, you know, if the game, what, what did the AI guy say? I can't remember who these people are, but if it went, you know, it just felt like if the if the game went for another like forty five seconds, Collingwood would have snatched it. Yeah, it was hundred percent. It was a complete, you know, Melbourne. It felt crazy to be within under a goal at the end. It felt crazy. It didn't represent. It felt the game. wild. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have a um, hard yes? I'm going to start with a hard no, Damien. Okay, cool. My hard nose opposition supporters. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm surprised this hasn't- Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, no, I'm surprised this hasn't come, you no. know, plucked off Let's the go. vine as a hard Let's nose off. previously. But as I said, I did find the experience grim. And um, the the kind of context, apart from the turgid nature of the game where, you know, it was a bit of a defensive chess game and our defense was too good um, to kind of leak- uh, heaps and, and let them get away. Their defence um, held up well, I think, structurally. And uh, so, you know, there wasn't much to watch, but there was another big factor that, that made my experience grim and got into a bit of a verbal altercation demo. Mm, not very MCC members of you. Well, here's the thing, and um, I turned around. I, I turned around. I shouldn't have turned around. <laughs> and I told the... You engaged. I told this... Horrible harpy of a woman, and and it could have been a man. I mean, it usually would be a man. A man let's be honest. So it's not. No, I'm not trying to make this a gender thing at all. No, um, most annoying voices at the football, I would say, are male. This particular Melbourne supporter was female, 
And gee, she was just she had some serious drivel coming out, like really personal attacks on the likes of Mason and Pendlebury and Maynard. Like, oh, really? So okay, all right. Well, this is this is this is important context. So really singling out oh, players, yeah. characters. Like, rabid anti-Americanism, like which in your private Ooh. life I get it. Like <clears throat> we don't have to bow down to the Uncle Sam, but mm. <laughs> to to target a player based on their heritage, I think, is a bit. It's just a, a bit off. And then just we'll going into like kind of tearing Pendlebury apart. Um, wow, saying that Pendlebury. he's he's he yeah. was too old, and then you know calling Maynard this and that, and just just stuff which was like just and right in your ear, vitriolic, like constant, vitriolic, and with her family around her, like and they were all like what, the, like a like a like a husband and two kids, like the archetypal. Well, she was straight out of central casting, or they were all adults. Was it kids. like the Adams family? They're all adult kids. Those kind of like okay. weird inbred kind of clan where they all spoke the same <laughs> language. Um, they literally all spoke the same language, so they all mm. had this incredible vitriol. But I mean, the context for this demo, and I think you know this, but briefly, is I've been sitting in the MCC, but as I think you know, um, my trajectory of my history of supporting the club has had different chapters. In yeah, the, different in faces. Different phases, and I've enjoyed them all in different ways. But mm. in, the, in the 90s, we, um, Dad and I had a reserve seat at Vic Park. Vic Park, yep. Then we moved to the – the club moved to the MCC uh, – sorry, the club moved to the MCG for home games, and we sat in the MCC because yep. I became a member way back then of the MCC. We couldn't hack it, Damo. We felt that we had to sit with these fans yep. that didn't have the heart and soul – connection with the club and sometimes they're just lacking in kind of knowledge and connection with the game it was kind of it felt like half-baked supporting the mcc out of touch it's a lot it's a long way to come from you know the sharon stand victoria park to right the, the mcc right so there's that kind of like the personality thing of like some of the supporters in the mm. mcc that we don't necessarily feel the most engaged and genuine this is back a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, long story long, we got a um, we got another reserve seat membership with the Pies. This time at the MCG, best thing we ever did. Yeah, right. For over twenty years, we sat with people we could see eye to eye with in the Ponsford stand. Yeah, and the benefit of that was that we didn't have to hear the fucking shit from opposition supporters. No. It's great being ensconced with your own kind. Yeah. Um, you know, Magpie, like, going, like going to a GWS game, the MCG. Yeah, Gold it's like Coast. that every time. And like if if the team's down, it's pretty quiet and pretty destitute around you. But if the team's up, you've got all that beautiful energy, that kind oh, of yeah. family. Yeah. You know, see black. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm just grateful. I'll forever be grateful for the experience I've had with Collingwood. But yeah. COVID hit and we decided, and I moved out of town. So we decided to re-engage with the MCC. Maintain a Collingwood membership, but not a reserve seat membership. So now we sit the MCC every week, most weeks. And honestly, Monday, like, I almost reached the end of my tether. I'm like, this is not, this is barely even worth it listening to this drivel. Really? So my hard no, long, a long-winded way of saying opposition supporters, honestly, I don't have any time for you on game day. Um, what did you say? What did you say to the woman? You said you turned around. You engaged. I try to engage in a very rational, calm way rather than be Talk like us through heated, it. even though internally I was kind of disgusted with her and her family. 
I said, turn it down. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good comeback. I said, turn it down. It's a good clap back. And turn she, it down. she was indignant, infuriated. Mm. If anyone was sitting around me, get in touch mm. and you can, you can, you can back us up on this little anecdote. But because some common people came to me in the break and said, oh, I'm on your side, bro. Cause it got into a, oh, ver- yeah. a verbal match. Shooters came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then she accused my old man of trying to intimidate her because he glared at her and she said she was <laughs> going to call the antisocial hotline. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's fucking bullshit. But anyway, look, it's it's an isolated incident that we've all had these like yeah. and witnessed these clashes at the footy. It's, it's, it is actually in, in, in many ways it is what makes our game unique that we can actually unlike- sit. Yeah, and you not, know, not other sporting other. codes around the world where you would be. I mean, I remember going to a Chelsea game once, and literally, if you right. went, if you wore the opposition shirt into a pub like three kilometers from Stamford Bridge, you would be shanked like a, mm. um, like a leg of lamb. Yeah, um, I went to a Bucca Juniors. Yeah, in even uh, even wilder in Buenos, Buenos Aires. Aires. And I got to say, I was always kind of like you. I was like proud that. AFL was a kind of family game you could go, you could take mm. kids and there wasn't blood in the streets. But I'm now, I'm shifting my tune. Like I miss, I miss the Collingwood faithful. I miss yeah. the Ponsford stand. Yeah. And I kind of want that like one supporter group to be fenced off. Um, <laughs> I don't care which side of the fence I'm on as long as I'm with my people. You know, they have to bust the opposition supporters out of the ground out before first. they let anyone else out. Mm. Otherwise there's going to be like some kind of lynching. Um, there, there is, it, it is, it is heightened, you know, when the team is performing well, we've spoken about this numerous times on Pyre, but it is heightened when you're at a game and the team is doing well and you're amongst the brethren mm. and every goal, you know, there's, there is the interact, there's the random high fives. There's the, you know, the shared, yeah, the it's- shared. It's honestly family and like you get to know the people. It's tribal. It's tribal. You've got it's, it's more than seat. family. It's it's tribal. It's it's yeah. a it's a group of misfits, beggars, hangers-ons, top of society, you know, salt of the earth coming together with a shared passion, a shared love. It's beautiful. I remember in the 90s, um we're talking mid 90s. At Vic Park, our reserve seats on the left, we had two blokes who were mates with Gavin Brown. Now, I'm a little kid at that stage. Um, so to see these guys who are like in their early 20s, they seem so old. They had stubble on their faces. I remember that. They were like personal mates with Gavin Brown. And on the right of us was this old granny who would knit the whole game which she'd spend knitting. Mm. And one week, granny didn't show up. Um, oh. And... The two boys knew because it's kind of family, yeah. like not literally, but it's it's yeah. a broad brush yeah. kind of family. They'd heard that she'd fallen ill and she didn't come back. She never came back. and She never came back. Yeah, and it was just like one of those things where you kind of across all types of different, um, you know, personalities and, and sections of society, you've got this common bond. It's a beautiful thing. And I don't know, there's just something about an, an experience when, um, when you've got that in common with your, your fellow pie. It's very mm. special. And on Monday, I, I, I was grimmed out just because I had to deal with. Turn it down is a great. Yeah. I actually said, you've got lots of good players. Why don't you support your team? You don't Ooh, have to spend yeah. all day hanging shit and everyone else. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty reasonable. But um, hard no. All right. I'm going to go with a hard no. Let's, let's keep it going. I've got, I've got an enemy. Um, good. <clears throat> and it is the flu. 
slash general sickness. I can't recall in recent memory just, you know, the amount of, and I think, again, this was, this was picked up in the, in the AI segment at the start. It happened just, last year as well. Well, for, for like three or four games, there's been like this specter of illness, which is sort of reverberating around the, the halls. And, and it's true. Like every year, you, you know, players play through, you know, ailments and illnesses. And, but they changed the you know, protocols. We've got COVID now as well. They changed the protocols in the club to try and stop spreading. Like they're really strict with players coming into the, into the Lexus with even a sniffle. It hasn't done shit. Everyone's no. getting sick again. Well, they had the Clorox Total Pro 360 yeah, down there the other the year. Acid bath and everything. Acid bathing and bleaching, and but still, it remains. It's a petri dish, and I've been thinking about it. And <laughs> at first, I thought, "Is all this wholesome kindness down at the Lexus Center wreaking havoc on the player's immune system?" Right. And then I said, "No, I think it's actually making them stronger." Mm. <clears throat> it's like so the theory um, of getting your children to eat dirt and like. You've got to build up their immune oh, system. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. Yeah. So I've, I've singled out Derek Hine. Oh, hello. Haven't talked about um, Hine for a while. No, we haven't. And my hypothesis here is that Derek Hine is actually patient zero at the Collingwood Football Club. Now, let me explain. He spends most of his weekends attending all these under-18 festivals and games with all the snotty teens. Oh, right. um, you know how it just spreads around schools and stuff like that? It's him and... Um, Kyle, what's his name? Toomey? Yeah. And then, you know, come Monday, he's in the spa with the players, having a chat, having a drink, having a coffee. Hang on. So you think he's doing the scouting? Well, I think he's, br- yeah. yeah I, I, he's this, is just, this is a random hypothesis, but I think he's going to all of these under 18 carnival games with kids and then bringing all of these weird flu strains. I don't know. I could be, he's I could never be off seemed, with this one. never really seemed that hygienic sort either. <laughs> no. Well, look, <clears throat> I could be sorry, wrong, but sorry, I get, again, you could also argue that this goes back to, um, you know, our boy Jared Wade. Again, completely oh, missing. Still, yeah, did you see the um, this is an amb- This is an amber alert. This is an amber alert on Jared Wade. He has not been seen of or heard of for, for days. He'll end up on a milk carton the way this is going. Missing. They would have what been better off getting AI to do the injury report last week because you see that little... Um, yeah, shut up. The, yeah, the, the um, yeah, the other guy that looks like a actor in a Crime Stoppers spot. <laughs> he looks like a jockey who's just absolutely packing his decks. Um, I, I feel yeah, for it's him not being look, in front it's, of the. He's not used to the bright lights of the studio like our. Jared. No, no, no. And, yeah, and and this is not not an attack on this individual at all. He's, no. he's probably an amazing. He's been thrust um, into the spotlight. practitioner, but he, yeah, he has. You know, he's been tapped. He's had his shoulder tapped. Yeah, your turn. Wade has up. the fan base. You know. Everyone losing their shit over over him every week, and he's had to step in. He's had to fill in the boots as the understudy. Um, but yeah, on a serious note, where is Jared Wade? Well, you you said he did his back, and that's the only information <laughs> yeah, but that, I got. But we've had no injury updates. He hasn't been sighted. Surely he could be there th- on a gurney. Do you think the Crime Stoppers jockey should do an injury update on Wade? I think he, he should be included. I mean, yeah, that would be he, funny, but he yeah. should definitely be included in his own injury report. We or should be I'd love to see one from from you know from Wade's um, room high up at the uh, Austin or the St Vincent's. Maybe he's uh, been sent over because he's so crucial to our premiership hopes. He's been sent over to the blood doctor Wolfhart, Hans yeah. Wolfhart in Berlin to learn. That would make sense. 
Okay. Well, I hope the NRL hasn't poached him back. That's that was the other theory behind that. But yeah, um, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask you what what a football club would do to combat things like the flu, like or are they just well, the you protocol, know, superior fit fit beings and they don't suffer flu? Like because you know when when I have the flu, I'm not I'm not pulling a Nick Dacos or a Josh Dacos and pulling twenty six possessions on the middle of the MCG. Well, they always seem to get the flu. And then the club doesn't announce it. It gets leaked on game day, mm. and then they play anyway. Mm. So it'd be better off if they if it didn't get leaked for our from our point of view because like yeah. it's just unnecessary. And I think McRae feels that he said in the press conference, "What impact did the flu have on the performance? Zero, is is what he said. But um, which is not true. Which but he is has not to true. say that, and we know you it's have to toe the line. Yeah, you have to toe the line. You can't come out and say, "Yep, yeah, look." But I remember yeah, watching, seven of our um, blokes were, you know, on an IV no, drip. You can't 13. make excuses. No. I remember reading a Lance Armstrong, um, not documentary, like autobiography. And it was fascinating. And one of the things I picked up was cyclists who were at the, that real peak level of performance. They called it in the book being like on the razor. When you're like on the very edge of like human capability, you've got barely any fat in you. This is when you're like primed and ready to go for, for the Tour de France. Yeah. You've got barely any fat on you. Your whole, like, system is just built, like, to have these massive thighs and, like, skeletal everything else. It's a very unnatural way of, like, living. Yeah. And it makes them incredibly susceptible just to common viruses because they, they right. can't fight Right, okay, shit so they're more, they're more, yeah, right, okay, they're more exposed because they're. Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that our boys resemble, uh, you know, Jens Voigt. But perhaps there's something about like, as we mentioned earlier, the protracted grind of the season. Maybe your immune system is just a bit down down when it comes to mid-year because like you've had to run out there and like bang yourself up against other grown men for 13 weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, hopefully hopefully that's the end of this flu carnage and- Oh, I'm just sick of talking about a it. A week. Yeah, I know. It's like booing. It's like- you know, I don't know why we're still talking about booing. Um, Are we? Some people boo, some people don't. Oh, the booing thing, yeah. I mean, we're not going to go into this, but the booing thing in relation to Grundy was an absolute fucking, like, confected bullshit story. That's not even a thing. It wasn't even a thing. <laughs> it wasn't a thing. Um, all right, you got a hard yes? Well, look, it really just ties into what we just said, but my hard yes is the buy. Um, I think that it's incumbent upon us as... Broadcasters who work in the media, yep, to um, exactly. bring good energy and a bit of joy to vivre to this second half run to finals, second half yep, of the season, right. and just broader, broadly speaking, harders out there, and pie supporters. Um, you know, our psychological ups and downs do tend to match that of the team. So if if as a supporter group we are able to recharge and refresh. Yes. Uh, and bring energy to the G and interstate games. You know, Metricon, that's going to be a fucking hard game. It's slippery. In the yeah. second half of the season, then I think that that is going to have a great impact on the team. So, yeah, the bye, tune out, refresh, watch some cricket. Loving the time with the cricket. Maybe that's my yeah, hard yes. Mm, mm. <laughs> the ashes. Mm. And um, come back ready to go. I watched the um, the Bluey episode called cricket that everyone's talking about have you watched that no you'll love that 
You'll love that. I'll check it out. I think you should definitely check it out. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, we went through it. We sort of had a bit of a pre buy buy, didn't we, on Pie Hard? Yeah, it was. I think we we're just completely. We... I think we we're completely rinsed <laughs> after that. Um, the whole Jordan Degoe, um, you know, bump slash tribunal slash three match. I've never. Yeah, I've never seen a story or a non-story like he was out for three weeks. You know, three seconds after that happened, nothing but to the, be gained from playing a historically sh- like absolutely bottom of the barrel shit team like West Coast. Yeah, because your expectations are a hundred point win, and when it doesn't quite happen, it's just nothing to be gained. And that we felt that life got and in just the, way. The, the 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 stories that were like mass produced off the back of what was you know a poorly timed bump which if we were have two years ago wouldn't even be wouldn't even have, you know right would have been a free kick if if anything how it's just played out now and i mean it's not just a calling thing this is across the board and there's the there's the analyst's view there's the former umpire's view there's the um contrarian pundits view there's like the talk on twitter the supporter base coming for this person like it hitting like the the interstate you know, the dom sheed thing the, the interstate media thing it just yeah it was almost and i i i sort of was just of the feeling like we couldn't do a podcast that week because i was just like we'd just be adding to this shit yeah and was, i think i think it's i think it's pursuing on us hmm. not to do that I yeah. don't think that's well, ever we been are doing it now. Two, we're just well, doing we it two weeks later. Two weeks later, actually. <laughs> weeks later. <laughs> but I mean, not in the maelstrom of the fucking thing. That's what I'm talking about. Like peak noise. We can talk about it now. It's done. Well, the, the cycle's moved on. What I will say is that it's gone we, from a new release to a weekly. We kind of got the last laugh because the defense of Dugowie's contrition actually, you know, got us down to three weeks or whatever, and so I kind of petered out. You know, after all that hyperbole of the bullshit coming out of the Western Australia and players. This whole thing about players breaking the player code has been a theme in recent weeks. Yeah, let's that's, that's, that's touch on that. I find that really interesting. It does feel like that's sort of I think it was Zorko. not so much of a thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, was it Dom Shee that said Degoe should get two months and then Zorko's come out and said it was sickening to see yeah. um, the other bloke, the Brisbane bloke, get... Um, we did look a bit funky. Um, getting his, he's kind of like neck bent underneath the weight with Sicily sitting on him type thing. But, um, but then, but then you had Max. Oh no, then you had Grundy and um, no, who was it? Cox and Petrarca. Right. right. Yeah, that was. And they're thing. very much that. That response has very been very much been the code of we leave it on, we leave it on the ground. But even that, like even the way that that was reported as, sort of Mason Cox being this, fucking bad. You know, bad dude, bad sport. You know, yeah. Do we know what he's doing? Do we know what the actual beef was? No, no. I don't know. No one knows. Maybe, maybe they know. Mason brings a swagger during game. Swagger this chest puff. Well, that's my point. No one knows. So it's like making those, like making those rapid fire judgments, and just I don't know. It's 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 a to your hard yes. The buyer has come at a perfect time. It's a chance to disengage. To unplug, mm. well, to last reflect year on a watched, fucking amazing first half. We watched Dacos Magic last year. 
Yeah, we did, didn't we? We should maybe do something like that. Persistent pies. What was the other one? Hot shots. Yeah, no, 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 no. What was the other? Maybe we should read Brian Taylor's book or just something <laughs> just really, Imagine really spending take like our mind out of it. A one weekend off a year <laughs> on reading BT, like ghostwritten yeah. by some hack. <laughs> yeah, ghostwritten by fucking some. I do journalist. own um, Nathan Buckley, All I Can Be. I could read that again. Yeah. Jeez, I saw that. I actually saw that at a um, thrift shop a few years ago and it was like two bucks. And I was like, should I? And I was like, nah. Nah. Speaking of positive news right. and, and, and recalibrating and, you know, doing what we do best and that's celebrating the characters and the people and the, you know, the, yeah, the, the amazing culture of the Collingwood Football Club. Yeah. Remiss of us not to touch on Coach Craig McRae signing on, what was it, a two-year extension today. Pendlebury, from all intents and purposes, for, from our understanding, he's taken a bit of a, mm. taken a, bit of a cut to stick around and, and push and help support the, the, the younger players coming through, and that's just magnificent, and everyone's now talking about 400 games. He'll play 600 the way he's going. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. He'll be 40. He'll, he'll be a 40-year-old. How old is he now? 36? Oh, that's a good question. He, he'll just keep going. I think he might be like 34, 5. But, yeah, I've got to at myself that, like, I didn't, I didn't think that Pendlebury would be able to have this type of influence at this stage. And going back 12 or 24 months, I thought that um, I remember McRae making a really big statement almost on day one when he was appointed that he said, like, because there was this kind of story going around how Penelope was looking at his options because yeah. there was still this like outstanding Well, he said he said something that was like completely taken out of context. And I think his point was that, you know, and I think he's stuck firm on this is like, you know, before he entered coaching, he'd look at it, getting an experience outside of the Collingwood bubble, which is absolutely what he should do. But yeah. that was taken to mean, you but know. He, but also there was, a, there was an element of him leveraging the fact that the negotiation wasn't finished. He, hasn't, he didn't have a contract. And there was yeah. an element of like, look, he could be somewhere else, but it was, it was blown up a little bit. So McRae comes out, almost the first act as senior coach was people like Scott are like so important to the fabric of this club. You, don't, you, you can't like grow champions overnight. He's integral to what we're doing. And they re-signed him. And I remember at that point thinking, it was a bold play by McRae. The way he conducted that, the confidence with which he made that decision and announced it straight away, straight off the bat. He went all in. And I, it's not that I doubted Pendlebury's class. I just didn't know how much he was going to be able to offer moving forward like one, two, three years. Now, he's totally blown me out of the water on that. Like obviously he doesn't rely on speed. He relies on vision, game nows, um, and this incredible relationship he's on-field relationship he's um, created with the chosen one has just been an absolute delight to watch. It's almost like LeBron playing with his kid on on the court. Has that happened yet? Yeah. That was meant to happen, wasn't it? Seeing so. seeing like an all-time great, like, you know, hand over the chalice to someone like Nick has been brilliant to watch. So thoroughly deserved um, for Pendlebury. And I'll just quickly say on McRae, there's a reason they signed him this week. It's the first week he hasn't been hung over. Because remember, he doesn't watch. Yeah, he doesn't right. do red one with replay for losses. 
So he's no. probably, he's woken up Tuesday fresh as a daisy. He's like <laughs> tootled on into the club, in, knocked yeah. on Graham Wright's door, said, all right, let's get this done. Like Ted Lasso yeah. vibes. Give me the bag. And uh, it's worked because he hasn't w- arrived with his usual red wine teeth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an enormous kind of like, I mean, I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen this before, but the amount of players that were sharing that announcement today. Um, okay. You know, on Instagram and across yeah. socials and stuff like that. It's just, it was really, really um, an interesting thing to see. And I, I know we were like, we, we are, you know, I remember we, we said this in jest, I think, on the game, but, you know, when the, when the announcement of Brody Grundy, you know, um, McRae having the photo of Grundy in the rooms before the game. Oh, yeah. And just, just talking about, you know, like how you, you're playing against this guy. We still care for this guy, he contributed to this club. You know, you're all friends with him. Yeah. You know, just a, a classic McRaeism. Mm. And I think we were just, you know, we were like pontificating on the fact that it's qu- kind of easy to do something like that when you are 11 and 1, but it's very hard to do that if you're like, yeah. you know, 1 and 11. I think, I think, um, and, and I don't know, like, it would be really interesting to see how the McRae approach would work. In a, in a situation where a team was being had high expectations and were being pummeled, I don't think we'll ever see yeah. this uh, see it with this guy. But it, it is a fascinating kind I feel of like thought to unpack. I feel like you're skirting around the edges a little bit, demo. Like you thought it was too wholesome, or that it was pulling the wrong rein somehow. Well, I, I don't know enough about it, so I only I only I only got the comments that um, I only two things, two 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 observations, right? And this is straight up. This is coming in hot. So for a start, what did he? Raw. What was it reported that he did? Well, I don't like in in his press conference. He said exactly what I just said before. Like we had a photo of Grundy up in the rooms. A lot of the players have a really strong relationship with Brody Grundy. Mm. Brody Grundy was at the club for a long time, made a lot of impact at the club. Impact is a key word here. Yeah. Um, we care for Brody. We love Brody. We made a decision. You know, to for the betterment of the club, we all know why. We're not going to go into that. Mm. But then, <clears throat> if you watch the game, it really looked like Grundy was targeting um, Cameron, like right. really physically, like really monstering him. Like there was like multiple occasions. I think Gorn was as well, but there was multiple occasions where they were in- intensely physical. Okay, and you know, you can draw, you know. Rightly or wrongly, um, an assumption that, you know, did we take that serious? Like, was that, was that the way to prepare mm. for battle, for intense battle, for a game that we wanted to win? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'll take it a step further. I, um, I always think back to, like, the Fremantle final last year when they were so scared of coming to the MCG that all the chat was around like dealing with the hostile Collingwood crowd and blocking it out. And as soon as I hear an opposition coach or um, team in the lead up to a game start talking about Collingwood and what the team is bringing or what the supporter base, base is bringing, I just love it. I'm licking my lips because mm. I, I just feel like they're taking the eyes off the ball. They're focusing on the opposition. Yeah, 100%. And when I heard that Melbourne was playing the Collingwood chant mm. at Casey Fields, wherever the fuck that is, uh, during training last week, I was like licking my lips again. I'm like, this yeah, is hilarious. great. Let them, let them like, it's almost like playing the man, not the ball. It's like, 
they're taking their eyes off what they need to do to be good in themselves and they're yeah. focusing on us. Now, with the granny thing, I think that's the same issue. It's like if if I was to advise uh, McRae, far be it for me with my, you know, coaching CV to advise the great man. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was, if he, if he asked me, yeah. Craig, if you were to call me, I would say, look, I think the best rain pool here might be like treat him like any other player. Don't Don't mention him. Don't single him out, yeah. Don't single him out because that's looking until backwards. after the game, right? Or it's just you know, like, it's a re- that's a rear view mission, rear view yeah. vision thing, and we're all about like windscreen wipers and moving yeah. forward and not worrying about the last thing. The club, the team, the club, and the administration do not want to think about the disaster of letting uh, the Grundies, the Trelaws, um, who else was it? There's a bunch of them. Stevenson. They don't want to think about that period, that clusterfuck. It's looking backwards when we should have been looking forwards. Yeah. And I just think that putting his face up on the board, suddenly yeah. everyone's thinking about Melbourne when yeah. I feel like the entire year our strength has been doing us well. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I actually I felt that as well because at, at the time that that Melbourne chant, you know, the Collingwood chant at Casey Fields was reported, hmm. you juxtapose that with Collingwood at the Lexus Centre setting up a banner oh, right. yeah. for Charlie Dean to run through. Exactly. When he hasn't run, ran for like 12 months, whatever, he's had, you know, countless injuries. And just the, that to me was like exactly what you said. You've got one team focusing on, you know, how are we going to prepare our our boys mentally to take on Collingwood? Let's, let's you know, like it's a fucking Guantanamo Bay blast this yeah. music at them or this sound which is which is insane and doesn't fucking work <laughs> regardless of the result but then you had Collingwood just focused on everything that McRae was doing and that was looking forward that was someone who had you know reached a milestone celebrated mm. everyone was in it was just fucking amazing but then to your point looking backwards before the game or focus recentering that focus onto the team when Last again I don't know what ha- like- I don't know what happened I don't know what happened. You know, we don't we don't know what happened in the Collingwood rooms, but I've, hasn't hasn't the focus been on doing something really lighthearted, like every single game? Like I think starting yeah. off those team meetings with a joke or with something or getting someone's mum in and doing all of that stuff. Now I'm not, I don't know what happened, but if the focus was on, hey, look at this photo of Brody Grundy, we really love him and care for him, even though we got rid of him. Yeah, too earnest. And that is that is breaking. That's breaking the the, the joke should have been the brief. Put the photo of Grundy up. And he and McRae comes out and says, "Look at this face. Thank God we got rid of this goose." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, I love, I love looking, you, Brady, looking but, backward, yeah. looking back. I don't know, looking backwards, but yeah, windscreen wiper. I think um, the irony yeah, of it was, was that with the Casey Fields thing, the only moment that the Collingwood chant looked looked like getting up was with twenty five seconds to go <laughs> when Nick kicked the goal. It was like yeah. everyone was oh, in total hibernation. Right. Like, fuck, we're going to lose this. And yeah. then suddenly, like, there's this little scary of a Collingwood chant starts and, and oh my everyone God. gets It really was seats. that Hoskin Elliott shot directly in front, you know, 45 metres out with, you know, a minute and a half to go, <laughs> like, in hindsight. But, yeah, um, yeah, interesting. But we, we love Craig McRae. We love what he's doing. Um, we're glad he's getting more money. We're glad he's sticking around. Yeah. We love his approach. We love the wholesome pies. Um, we're all here for it. But, yeah, let's get those windscreen wipers 
let's, back up and operational. Let's get that red wine teeth replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was th- I was thinking about that. So he doesn't he doesn't do that when they lose. No, so he's fresh, actually fresher coming off a, a loss. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, because he okay, wouldn't get home great. till midnight. So if he's watching the whole replay. Yeah, I thought it'd be something like Dark Spirit playback or something. You it's, know, just really, really. It's not, it's not like a light Yarra Valley Pinot. We're talking about a Magnum here. Like he doesn't fuck around. <laughs> he's got his mates back on the couch. He gets the jacuzzi going. Yeah. Pump up KO. Fuck, it'd be great to sit in on one of those red wine replays, wouldn't it? That'd you be a great competition. That. Yeah, this is a low-hanging fruit for a, a wine brand, like for millions. Ambassador McRae <laughs> for for Blass, and yeah. the winner of the competition is what's in that? The sh- what's that AFL with- show sponsored by Pepper Jack? And it's oh, the guy. God, it it's D- a guy interviewing the players D- and on the table. Yeah, is either a charcuterie board or the other day it was like a dozen Kilpatrick oysters. Oh, was it? And then literally behind him, like a thousand it, bottles, is a thousand. Yeah. Bottles of pepper jack. Like you could not fit another bottle of pepper jack on that set if you fucking tried. It was, was like the lost about, catacombs of France. Yeah, they've lost the subtlety of product the placement. The subtlety of, of product placement. I was thinking about but that. I kind of actually like it. I kind of like it. It's just so, <laughs> so fucking insane. There's one ad on TV which has stepped over the yeah. line as well, which I was yeah. thinking about. What is it? In relation to that was, oh, it's for what's the big... Olive oil, Australian olive oil producer. So they've got the one we all buy at the supermarket. Um, um, oh, not something Zero. estate or whatever. And um, they've got Neil Perry, who's kind of a celebrity chef for I the ponytail. And he's flogging this big um, Cobram, Cobram, Cobram estate. estate. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. I mean, it's what I buy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems good. I mean, half <laughs> half the olive oils apparently. I only, only go get mine from Spain, but that's yeah. A, but the Spanish preference. ones apparently are, are um, you know, they say extra virgin all this shit, but it's just like absolute rubbish apparently. Yeah, it's just the same shit. Yeah. That's anyway, okay. Cobram Estate, and they've got Neil Perry with his yeah. uh, pointer. Great lasagna, Neil Perry. If you're looking for a recipe, um, <laughs> but he can't. He's flogging the olive oil with a voiceover saying. I use it in all my dishes. And at the end, they just go a step too far. And he comes out into the restaurant, like candlelit restaurant. Yeah. And a couple has obviously having like Valentine's night dinner has been served their beautiful meals, Neil Perry cooked meals. He comes out with the Cobram Estate bottle. Yeah. Of course, the label facing the camera. Yeah, of course. And drizzles it on the. (laughs) On the table. He drizzles it on top of the meals. Oh, yeah. He comes, so it's like a, a sommelier, an olive oil sommelier. Yeah, like just comes out and he, the drizzler, just drizzling, just drizzling. It's way over the just top. Letting it drizzle. Uh, also reminds me now that we're on the top to bring it back on topic. There was yeah. that Omo ad or whatever at the club. Did oh, we yeah, talk about that. that? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think we did. There was this very we're, funny moment where, like, yeah, it's, it's so like good. the property room girl or whatever has to wash all these yeah. stinking fucking all the jumpers. Yeah, you know, jumpers. God, yeah. what a job! Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. good job. Good job for the yeah. Pie. No, I, I, look, we we I think the pies are like, you know, four and zip on the on those product placements because that's it's not t- it's not easy. It's not easy to do that well. Like, um, we but can I think see they've, done, the they've footage, done an awesome job in the footage. She has to put the the omo down on top of the mm. washing machine in a way to show the label. And I, I've been involved in a lot of shoots, as have you, for brands, and you can just picture the director like they're running out of time. You know, 
end yeah, of the day. Yeah. Like we've got to get the shot, we've got to get the shot where, you know, the brand shot that they've stipulated they have to have. Yeah. But the contortion of her wrist to try and place <laughs> oh, no, the bottle yeah, label out is so unnatural that it just breaks. Like, pops her shoulder out to do it. <laughs> the suspension yeah, it's, it's of funny. disbelief like, out the window. I always think with that stuff, I think they did that really well because, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of routes you go with that and one is, you know, the insider will take you inside mm. the Lexus and will show you how it d- does. This is what this person's job is and they're fucking cool. They have X amount of, you know, jumpers and they're rotated. Like all of this stuff, this is really good stuff. And then, you know, we washed them and, yep, we fucking use Omo. The other option is you just go, you use humor. Yeah. And I think humor is the, always the way to go because it's 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 definitely more impactful and it and it sticks around. So if you did if you got two players, say you got two funny players like Maynard and yeah, I don't know, Quainor or someone, and then they did a, like a spoof, you know, good morning Australia washing segment, you know, our whites wider. Like we did the Omo yeah. challenge and we like, Well, I will this. say that humor can be really hard to pull off, but I agree with you. And mm. it brings us back. This is a great segment actually. We could probably do a whole pod on this, but the all-time greatest Product oh, yeah. placement, Collingwood. The fucking and, hair thing, the shampoo. Yeah, what was the shampoo? Was it Pantene or something? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, we'll get raked over the coals for this one. But, yeah, it's, um, I think it was Pantene. So they're know, in a, lo- or something they're in like a locker room. Harders can tell us. They're in a locker room and there's a fantastic. Um, You've all seen it. It's Tarrant, Wakeland. But there's a the thing that always sticks in my mind is the cameo by Matthew Loken. Loken, yeah. Loken's moment. <laughs> Loken's most impactful <laughs> moment at Collingwood. Loken's best moment as a pie is in yeah. a palm olive ad um, from the early 2000s. But unforgettable, right? Like absolutely unforgettable. And I think I think to your point, like comedy is definitely hard to pull off, but you get a lot of like if you're talking about no one's going into that expecting that these guys are, you know, it's not Will Ferrell, right? So I think I think you can you can suspend the, you know, the requirement and still deliver something that's really in its own way, in a forced, unnatural way, really funny yeah. and really interesting, yeah. and and shows the player's personality, and they have fun doing it. And hey, I've got it. Spoofy, but I've got it up. The um, it's Sunsilk. I've got it up. Let's yeah. have a look. Uh, Sunsilk. Let's, let's have let's a look now. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, dits, have a look. Hey, wait. What's that in your locker, you big girl? It's great for mallets like yours, mate. Sunsilk base elements. Jeez, you're a pretty boy. He's up, mate. Hey, it's feeling soft and shiny, mate. It's for blokes. <laughs> New Sunsilk Base Elements. It's for blokes. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's just still, still. It's slaps. up there with like the Rob Lowe moment for like. Still slaps. Culture of the 2000s. You've got Woe Woden with his highlighted hair. Mm. The stars of the show are Chris Tarrant um, and Shane Wakelin, who have this like to and fro. Um, and you got Matthew Loken comes in just for a laugh. He doesn't get a line. He just gets a laugh. <laughs> it's a non-speaking um, role. And Jason Cloak for that finite period of time in which Jason Cloak was like actually considered a, an elite defender um, until I think they changed their third man up rule at Rux and he kind of lost his mojo. And then we yeah. recycled through the entire family to try and find a good one. Well, I don't know if you know this, but they um, they, there's an NRL one as well. Sun so they did, they did one with the Sydney Roosters, which is, I think is identical. Let's 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 blast that one. Oh, have a look at that. 
What's that in your locker, you big girl? No, oh, good call, my head. Quiet, chicks dig it, man. Of course they do. Sun silk base elements. Geez, you're a pretty boy, Rico. You can talk. <laughs> well, this boy's soft and shiny. Oh, dirty and spot. <laughs> it's for blacks. <laughs> New Sunsilk base elements. It's for blokes. That's our. That's the it's same identical. script. It's literally it's the same script, the same reactions, the Dif- same Loken type character giggling like a banshee at the end. It's pretty classic. Different faces and no necks. That's why we'll say. I'll tell you no what necks. is different about it. The Sydney Roosters Sunsilk ad has thirteen thousand views. Guess how many views the Collingwood Sunsilk ad has? Right, million. No, <laughs> not quite. 30,000. Considerably more, more. double. Considerably more. Well, after the uh, Harders have got a hold of it mm. during this pod, we, we're going to pump the numbers on. Damn straight. Don't watch just the get Roosters up. one, Harders. We don't want to inflate the numbers. You just heard it. You don't need to watch it. Yeah. Watch the Pies one, though. Jesus. Like, Loken in his prime. Hello. Taz in his right. prime. Fuck me. All right. All right. Well, um... Alex, this was a good pod. I'm glad we. Uh, this is a cathartic little, um, little mid buy pod. We hope you hope you guys enjoy it out there in in Hardland. Feel like we got a um, bit off our chest. I did. Yeah, it was a, a bit therapeutic, wasn't it? Mm. I kind of felt like therapy. I hope you guys felt that as well. I, I think there's a lot of stuff we didn't touch on, and I just want to I want to finish by saying, and again, we we did so we did sort of touch on this in the um, in the AI, the brilliant AI opening. <laughs> which we're definitely going to have to cut some of that out um, for hygiene reasons. But well, they're, um, they're not going to know that. Nice that little, nice little insight into the, into the, you know, the machinations of Pi Hub. But um, Tony Shaw's outfit. Now, I know I missed oh, the thing. Missed I this. missed the freezing thing. Oh, this um, was in the AI thing. I said I commented. Yeah, no, no I know. But, yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we all made the call, the sarcastic call that, you know, it's getting harder and harder to get. You know, celebs like yeah. Banner Hollywood. It's just you know, like there's only so many, right? Who well, are Banner was at a, that time? I think Banner was a good get. Well, Banner was elite. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's only so many Banners, you know, out there in the yeah. world with with huge global followings, and that's what you want, right? You want and didn't you want he that. turn? Did, did you see him? He didn't he turn it on? I mean, he went he was almost great. slapstick. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's an he's a great Hollywood actor, right? Um, right. he's got it. But but um, yeah, and everyone did a fucking amazing job for charity, and we love it. Um. But when Tone was announced, we were like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tone, tone these days is just, you know, you know, every time a politician says something, he's kind of the first to post. <laughs> um, you know, he's turning into <laughs> our my feelings dad. About, yeah, our feelings about Uncle Tony are mixed. Like, we love Tone. No, we do well, love we Tone. We'll get Tone we on. We can't not love Tone. He's like. No, we'll get this. It's Uncle Tone. He's it's, like. He's, he's the uncle at your, you know, at your, at Christmas. You're not going to agree with everything he says. No. He's going to say some really wild shit. He's always he's your the uncle. first to come out and hang shit on the coach yeah. if the coach isn't yeah. doing great, which, yeah, which yeah, yeah. I've been annoyed yeah. at over the years. But, but he has this genuine say, belief that he's got this incredible football brain, which he may do. We didn't we've see got evidence to say, of it in the late 90s, but Uncle Tone may have blew, a great football brain. Blew Eric Banner off the goddamn stage, off the map. Yeah, yeah that's right. A Hollywood veteran. You know, glo- known globally. <laughs> it was the, the best Hulk. ever big freeze uh, costume. Fucking Black Hawk Down. Was he in that? Oh, yeah. He was and in that. Uh, yeah. the dry. And Uncle Tone. Now, I don't know who's behind this. I don't know who is his stylist slash 
costume director, but mm. he pulled out one of the all-time. I, I, I didn't. I didn't get the interview, so I don't know the content. I don't know why he chose it other I've than the fact bring that this he up wears a black photo. and white suit. But Tony, um, really did pull Tony off. Tony Shaw, big freeze. I got to see such this a, again. Such an amazing look. Um, shout out to there he is. Fight MND, but yeah, that the, was the funny thing is phenomenal. At first, I thought he was the head honcho bad guy out of Mad Max Four. Mm. <laughs> he could have been the penguin from Batman Returns. <laughs> he could have. He been would have pulled that off of as well. But I reckon Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice channeling. Um, yeah, Michael Keaton. Well, Michael Keaton. There's a connection. It's made was me just, want to go back all and time. watch Beetlejuice. I mean, the black and white. Stripes. He's got um, a skull cap on, the hair, white face, and just the expression on his face. The expression of him going down the slide. There's this. There's this one photo of him <laughs> where he's like, like he he is just like he's got this. He's got this really maniacal, you know. It's so funny the whole slide thing because I know we hung a little bit of shit on like. Maybe the staleness of the slide concept, even though it's it's fantastic cause and everything, but when they come up, <laughs> when they come up from the ice, I mean, it just gets everyone giggling. And my old man was next to me. He just yeah, you just can't help yourself. Like he just couldn't, he just couldn't help but giggle each time yeah. someone comes yeah. up. It's like oh, it's it's colder than they thought. <laughs> I, I'm 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 all I'm all on the slide, but I reckon my yeah. my advice would be. Make it longer. Make it like a make, real fast and plunge. make make the jump like, huge. Make the make the jump at the end. You know something that could was a bit dangerous. Could could really fuck oh, you great. up. It's a very short slide. You could. It's have, a short slide. You could have two tiers. You could have. You could do a small you could one do a, for like the Beetlejuices of the world. Yeah. Like yeah. Uncle Tone can't navigate a marathon without hitting a tree, so we don't want him injured. <laughs> <laughs> but then a really long, uh, some an elite athlete like Banner or Mick Fanning. Yeah. Um, I actually realized, like, because I, I was the one who commented this on the WhatsApp. I said, Mick Fanning's clearly never been to an AFL game. Like, he just, you just, he's a cool and gator boy. Like, he's not an AFL. Yeah. You know, he's got no idea. But then I realized, like, in rec- this season, Demo, you and I have just been drinking the Bolters um, every, you know, every time we've met at the game. We've been on the Bolters. You know, they've, they've crafted up the craft beer offering at the MCG. Well, yeah, yeah, CB bought it, so now it's just it's right. in the mix. Okay. Well, it's not him anymore, but I, I know he made a shit ton of cash. I think he made 70 mil got a good cut. from got a good selling cut. it. Yeah. But um, not all good. A lot of jovial moments, but Uncle Tone takes the cake. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic Tone. 10 out of 10. All right, um, let's wrap it up. Well, I think we'll do a podcast next week. I think we should. Um, I'm happy we to, as well. I'm happy to pump. I'm happy to like establish some uh, anticipation for this one demo quickly. Okay. Yeah, because let's do I it. think we're committed. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We're bringing back the noop. The noop is back. The noop is back. What are back. we doing? The KNO OP. So the hardness This is a classic scale. what half year thing, is it? Yeah, I think it's time. Um we opened the season, the pre we we rated the pre-season based on the hardness scale. Soft right. or hard. Hard being good. Next week we will rate the first half of the season on the hardness scale. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Tune in. We're going to kick off second half of the season with some serious style and noob. Yeah. It's been a. It's been. It's been off the noob chart. The first. We've got to say the first half beyond expectations. Mm. um, There'll be really setting up. There'll be topics jockeying to get into the noob. 
scale okay. because there'll be so yeah. many things we could rate next week. Yeah, we should we should probably do a call out too. We want to get your we want to know your hardest moments as well. We'll do, we'll do something like that. We want to we want to make sure that this is this covers the span mm. of hardness. Yeah. Soft to hard because that's ultimately what the noop is about. And it shouldn't just be our perspective. No. On what is soft and hard. It's nuanced. All right. Um Alex, great chatting to you. Really good. Good to be back. I feel lighter. Um, I feel better, yeah. I feel better, you know, just with everything that's gone down. So um, thank you to everyone for listening. Mm. Uh, as always, you can find us online at Pie Hard Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we hope you guys enjoy your break if you are unplugging or if you're thirsting for more Collingwood content or if you're watching Dacos Magic like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Hot shots. We hope you enjoy it. Um, and we'll see you back here, <laughs> back here, um, on your favorite listening platform next week. This is Pie Hard. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming around. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of my tears. Turn around. Clips of the house.